Molly Crew has a song called Girls, Girls, Girls. Today's episode of Locked on Flames is all about goals, goals, goals. Your Locked on Flames, your daily podcast on the Calgary Flames. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Locked On Flames. I am your host, Nick Zararis. This is the only Flames podcast where we got you covered every single day, even here in the doldrums of summer. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about all things goal scoring. We're going to talk about it from a mathematical approach. We are going to compare the Flames to the rest of the league, recent Stanley Cup winners. And then in the third segment, we're going to address what holes in their goal scoring the Flames are probably going to have. They definitely have some of the solutions that might exist. And just frankly, why this is more than just a one off-season type situation for the Flames, that they're going to need to figure out a variety of things if they're going to re-entrench themselves amongst the league's best. So let's get rolling right on into it. I, I always talk about this no matter who, what team. I like to approach a team's contender status from a simple perspective. I cite it all the time. But Moneyball the book, Moneyball the movie, they give very illuminative positions on how to understand certain big picture concepts. So there everybody knows the scene where Jonah Hill is explaining to Billy B, where Jonah Hill is explaining to Brad Pitt the idea that you're not trying to buy players, you're trying to buy wins. What's the best way to win? You need to score more runs than the other team. You can invest a lot in great pitching. But typically, traditionally speaking, great hitting beats great pitching. And the more runs you score, the better chance you have of being able to win. The more runs you score per game, the better chance you have of surviving a bad start by a pitcher. Or in the case of hockey, the more goals you score, the better chance you have of surviving some defensive breakdowns, some goaltending issues. So I like to look at it from that perspective. What's the easiest way to outscore your opponent? I am of the opinion that you want to be as offensively inclined as a team as possible. The more you rely on your defense and goaltending to steal you games, to win you games, that means you are going to have less room for error. And typically speaking, the more room you have for errors, the more ways you can attack another team, the more ways you can beat another team, the better off you are. In the regular season and in the playoffs, yes, there's always the traditional pushback of high-flying teams don't do as well in the playoffs because there's less space, there's less rush opportunities, there's less odd-man rushes. There's more. There's less of the chaotic, free-flowing nature that exists against some of the worst teams in the league. And that's something we're going to have to talk about in the second segment when we try and put some of these numbers we have about the Flames in context. Because while I have a decent amount of stuff here in regards to what makes the Flames an effective team, what makes other teams more effective than them that's really the key where can we understand where there's room for improvement and where frankly other teams have kind of passed the flames and what good teams are doing that's generally how i like to talk about these concepts is what are the flames doing or what is whatever team i'm talking about doing and then how do they compare versus 
Tampa, Colorado, Vegas, Toronto, what Carolina, how do they compare versus the good regular season teams versus the good postseason teams? And I'm looking over here at my notes because I want to make sure I get this right. The idea is pretty simple. You're going to need to score at least three and a half goals per game. That is a safe number, and I want to pull up the exact number so I make sure I read it correctly here for you. The average goals per, per game, that's, that is the key you want to understand here. Can you find a way to be better? So the league average for goals per game, hockey reference doesn't have it, but the league average, in this case, the median average, is 3.18 goals per game. That seems a little low, and that was the Pittsburgh Penguins this past season, who, of course, missed the playoffs. Teams below the hurricane, below the Penguins that still made the playoffs, not a lot. The Jets, the Islanders, and the Wild. Those are the only three teams that made the playoffs lower than the Penguins in the goals for uh, per game category. Above Pittsburgh, teams that didn't make the playoffs – only one. The Vancouver Canucks were the only team that scored more than the median average of goals per game and did not make the postseason. That is, of course, because the Vancouver Canucks also conceded 3.6 goals per game. So when you concede more goals than you score, you are going to lose, especially if you do it over a long period of time like the Canucks did. It took them a while to figure out what they wanted to be. Once they got Rick Tockett in there, they started playing a little bit better defense, but they were still an offense first team. And that that's the peril. You you don't want to end up in that end of the pool. You, you don't, even if you are a great offensive team, and Vancouver's a decent offensive team. They've got some high-end players like Elias Pedersen, Quinn Hughes, JT Miller, who make it easier to get into those track meet style games. But you don't want to be a pure track meet team like Vancouver. Kind of like Toronto, but Toronto's a little bit different in regards to how they generate their offense. But generally speaking, when it comes to the postseason, you want to have a little bit of variety in how you can attack. The one thing I will say before we wrap up in this segment, for as far as the simple math, where the Flames can find more offense. This past season, I would say the power play. That If you look at the Flames' shot charts from the power play this past season, they don't shoot a lot from the right side of the offensive zone on the power play. That's a few reasons. Number one, they just don't have a lot of left-handed shoot-first guys. Your best left-handed shoot-first guy is probably Nazem Kadri, but Kadri's not. Kadri's not a pure shooter. Kadri is more of a grindy, get-it-to-the-net mouth type. And the Flames lost their best trigger man, which we're going to talk about in the third segment, Tyler Toffoli this year, who led the team in goals with 34, and think about how they can address that. But when you lose your best power play shooter, you can fall into a situation similar to what the Islanders were this past season, where they've got a ton of talented playmakers. You think about Barzal, Horvat, Brock Nelson, Anders Lee. Those are all talented guys. But none of those guys ever just lets the puck rip. When you have a, so many facilitators, when you have guys who are inclined to use their skating and their IQ to create space and set up a pass, everybody starts playing hot potato in the offensive zone. It becomes more challenging to make an extra pass to find that goal. And you hear coaches talk, in the NHL talk about this all the time, the idea of trying to pass the puck into the net. That is where you don't want to be. You want – one, two, three passes. You want to get the goalies moving. You want to get the defensemen moving. And this will be the last point on this before we move on. When you are on the power play, 
If you are not moving your body physically as a puck carrier or somebody who's about to receive the puck, you are taking it easy on the penalty killers. The entire point of having a five on four is to manipulate that in numbers advantage to your favor. Four guys have to cover the space of five. This is not rocket science. I understand that. I I really do understand that this is obvious for some people. But when teams struggle on the power play, it's typically because they're stagnant. It's They're moving the puck, but not their bodies. When you have a free-flowing cycle, when you have all five attacking players rotating with each other, filling in for each other, covering – you have a forward at the point. You have a defenseman down low. You're manipulating the defense, and you're either going to force the defense into a mistake or a penalty. That's the ideal situation here. You want to put as much pressure and tension on that defense so that they break their rules of coverage because all of these defensive schemes, they have rules. If this player goes here, I need to go there, whatever. The idea being you put as much pressure on them as possible. You let it rip once you have a good look. The problem for the Flames this past year and going forward is they only really had one true shoot first guy in Tyler Toffoli. And now without Tyler Toffoli, you have a real question mark of what your offense is going to look like, especially on that man advantage. And the man advantage is the best place to find extra goals because it's the easiest goal storing situation. And we are going to take a second to talk about our friends at AG1. The number one most important thing about AG1 is the opportunity to take control over your health. I gave AG1 a try because I was tired of trying so many different supplements, and I only wanted to take one thing. It AG1 supports my entire body and covers my nutritional bases every single day. I wanted a health boost and some immune system support. I hated taking one, two, three, four supplements that you you feel like you need, but AG1, it covers everything. I drink AG1 in the morning. I put it in my nice, nice thermos of water to start the day, a little ice cold water, mix in some AG1, drink it. Before I even have my coffee, I start with AG1 and it makes me feel ready to attack the day. I, I like that feeling of right before I sit down to get my work going that drink my AG1, take a deep breath, start making my coffee, and I feel pretty good about where I'm at. And the way I like to think about it, great athletes, they all are taking care of their body. LeBron spends a million dollars a year on his body. A lot of them drink AG1, and it's why I am a huge fan. With every serving, I'm setting myself up for success. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag one slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out today and get your day started off right with AG1. Want to thank everyone for hanging out here today on Locked On Flames. I'm Nick Zararis holding it down while Jess is off doing other things to get ready for the show we're going to do tomorrow. I'm going to hold it down. I'm going to Weezer tonight. I am very excited to go see some live music. Probably sweat really, really hard while I do that. But that's what it's about, man. Summer, being outside, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, I did get a little sunburnt over the weekend. And it, it's... It's the magic of summer, man. But circling back around to things that are hot and uh, the Flames, a team centered around fire and heat and things of that nature. 
The Flames were not anything remarkable last year. Firmly middle of the pack. I, I thought I kept waiting for the breakthrough to come, and it never did. The goal scoring wasn't an absolute backbreaker. Like I said, three teams finished below the Flames, actually, in goals per game that ended up making the playoffs, the Islanders, uh, the Jets, and the Wild. The other recurring theme of the Islanders, Jets, and the Wild is all three of those teams had really good goaltending this year, and the Flames did not. That is part of this calculus. There are exceptions to every rule. You can occasionally get by as a strong defense and goaltending first team, we're going to talk about it in a minute in comparison the Flames in comparison to some of the teams that have won the Stanley Cup in recent years that have gotten by with better goaltending and a little bit more defense than just free-flowing offense. But for the most part, the way I like to think about it, and I'm going to toggle this up here to add this visual to the stream, this bar graph here shows the Flames' relationship with the league average of goals per goals for, just total goals, not goals per game, not expected goals. These are just the goals. The Flames have been over league average three times in the last six seasons. Yeah, three times in the last six seasons. And that means you're generally going to be okay. If you are above league average in goal scoring, that is typically enough to get you into the playoffs. They qualified for the playoffs in all three of the years they scored more than the league average. That is something you feel relatively good about. Yes, the 2019-2020 playoffs are a little bit tricky because they did not play a 70 an 82-game season. The Flames only played, I think, 71 games that season. So the math for the 2019 and 2020 seasons is pro and 2021, which is only 56 games, is prorated. I did my cross-multiply and divide my this number of goals over 70 games, this number of goals over 56 games and then at prorated it to what it would have been if it was an 82 games season and that's where i got these numbers so generally speaking offense is the best way to make up for defensive deficiencies you out you can outscore your issues in particular in the regular season in the playoffs it becomes harder to play that way you think about the panthers last year well, I should say two years ago now because we have finished the most recent NHL season. But you think about the Panthers two years ago where they led the league in scoring. They set all of these records and they lost in the first round after winning the President's Trophy. It's great they scored all those goals, but the defensive issues were too much to overcome. And that's really the issue. When you try to outscore all of your problems, you do need some level of defense there as support. And we're going to talk a second in, the, in relation to the power play because this is something I found interesting about. The, no, the number of power play opportunities per season is steadily ticking. It's been in the same general sweet spot of about 230, 240 opportunities per team on average over the last couple of years. But they're going up in frequency Teams are scoring more on the power plays. Save percentages are going down. Goaltenders are having a harder time. And it makes it more challenging. That's really the key to uh, understanding my idea here in regards to the math of it all. What can you do to get in the playoffs? And then how good do you need to be to actually be a bona fide Stanley Cup contender? So the baseline floor is you need to be about 20th in goals for it over the course of an entire season. 20th is a safe number that relies. That means you're going to have to have pretty good defense and solid goaltending if you're going to qualify for the postseason as the 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, which is what the Islanders, Wild, and Jets were this past season. Okay offensively, but some would say, I would say bad, and frankly, in regards to the Islanders and the Jets, but elite goaltending, passable defense, 
timely scoring. You got to find a way. And we're going to pull it up here. This is power plays per season. You see. So again, 2019, 2020, 2021, those are both prorated over the course of what they would have been at the cur- at the rates they were at over the course of an entire 82 game season. Again, I highly recommend if you can watch the show on YouTube, do because I, I try to bring visuals like this to illustrate trends and patterns that make it a little bit easier than me just saying the words. So you look at it this year, more power plays than the year before prorated out it's more than the two prorated seasons it's more than the 2018-2019 season and then 2017-2018 it's pretty close to what that was if I remember correctly so you see the bar graph here you see the two years that are prorated are pretty stable 2021 you get about what it was in 2021 over the 56 game season prorated and then 2022-2023 we get about a 15 power play opportunity jump and that's because we've seen the NHL make points of emphasis that they want to highlight offense that goal scoring is favorable it makes people more engaged with the game and frankly you see this across the board you see this in the NBA now the fouls are a lot easier to call Baseball, a lot of the rule changes this past offseason were centered around trying to increase offense, banning the shift, making the bases bigger, the pitch clock to make pitchers tire out faster. You see it in football, the way we protect the quarterback, the way pass interference is called, the way defensive holding is called. All of these things are structural decisions by the league to incentivize goal scoring. And it's why, in my opinion, if you are harping on defense, if you are focusing on defense, you are not doing everything you can to have the best team possible because you're not you're not taking advantage of the rules being set up in a way that they are. If you wanted to lean all the way in on defense and goaltending and do something similar to what the Islanders are doing, you are not taking full advantage of the rule changes. You are not taking advantage of the points of emphasis that the NHL has honed in on, whether it be cross-checking, whether it be interference, whether it be roughing. At various points, we always hear it at the start of the season, the NHL has made this a point of emphasis, or it's made that a point of emphasis. And you'll see really gaudy power play stats to start out the season because they're calling more power plays than they typically do and as the players adjust to what the new points of emphasis are the power play rates steady out and that's typically what we've seen over the last number of years moving along here we have got to talk about our friends at bird dogs the most comfortable shorts in existence They, I spent my entire weekend in my bird dog shorts. I went to the pool. I went to the beach. I went to a barbecue. I went to a restaurant. I went to another restaurant. I went to a bar. And the entire time I was wearing my bird dogs and I never looked out of place because they're really easy to dress up. They manage to toe the line between comfortability and style and make it so you can do absolutely anything in them. I didn't feel out of place in my bird dogs wearing a regular t-shirt at a restaurant because the shorts look, they do not look like your typical athletic shorts. They are. And for me, it is summer. It is hot. The thing that makes bird dogs invaluable to me is the comfort. They invented something. That's the thing that's crazy to me. They invented a anti-sweat, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long if you're outside all day you're at a barbecue you're at a backyard party you're playing spike ball you're maybe in and out of the pool you got a cold drink you want yourself a pair of bird dogs to wear this summer so go to birddogs.com slash locked on nhl 
or enter promo code locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL or promo code locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. I'd be wearing mine right now if they weren't in the wash. Like I said, I wore them all weekend. I wore them to the pool. I wore them to the beach. I'm doing my wash right now as I am recording. Otherwise, if you were watching on YouTube, you would have seen me stand up and show them off because they are that comfortable that I really don't ever want to take them off in the summer. And moving right along, final segment of today's show, we're going to talk about the Flames holes because, frankly, this is where we get into the math problem. And this is just like the scene in Moneyball. You lost Johnny Damon. You lost Jason Giambi. You lost Jason Isringhausen. The Flames are looking at the prospect of losing Tyler Toffoli, Elias Lindholm, and Michael Backlund. Those three guys, 34 goals for Toffoli, 22 for Lindholm, 19 for Michael Backlund. We are talking about more than 60 goals you have to account for, and you do not have any obvious solutions to that number. You're going to bring in Igor Sharangovich, who you hope, with more ice time, can flirt with 15 to 20 goals. The highest he's ever had in a season, I want to say, is 13. I'm going to fact check right that, that right now. I should have wrote that down, and frankly, it was a mistake. But career high in goals. Oh, he had a 24-goal season two years ago. That was playing up in the lineup on a pretty bad Devils team that – Really relied a lot on its offense. The Devils two years ago, everybody knows, played eight different goalies. So they were in a lot of high-scoring games where defense was at a premium. And 23 goals is nothing to sneeze at. You hope Sharon Govich can flirt with 20 and he's your backland replacement. You hope that Elias Lindholm can maybe get closer to 30 if he's playing with wingers who are a little bit more shoot-first because he's a pass-first guy. That's if he comes back. That's the other conundrum here. If you trade... Lindholm and Backlund, and that's not to mention Hannafin as well. You are effectively saying it's over. We are not a competitive team because you're not going to be able to replace 65, 70 goals with in-house solutions. Sharon Govich, if he gives you 20 goals, that's a great season out of him. And frankly, I don't know if he's capable of that. We're going to figure that out pretty quickly based on where he ends up in the lineup. If the Flames feel like he can be a major contributor, get some power play time, maybe they unlock something that might be there, might not be there. The other point is you've got Peltier, Jacob Peltier, and you've got Matt Coronado. If those two guys can combined give you 35 goals, you feel pretty good about that. They're both uh, Coronado is more of a shoot first guy. If anything, I think the split on that would be something like 20 to 15, 20 to 12. Those two guys combined can maybe give you what Tyler Toffoli lost. You still need to find so let, for argument's sake, let's say you lose to Foley's 34 goals. Let's say you lose Backlund's 20 19 and Lindholm's 22. Toffoli combined is third. Toffoli total is 34 goals. If you can get those 34 goals from Pelletier and Coronado, let's say Coronado gives you 19, Pelletier gives you 15. If he gives you those 34, you still need to find 22 and 19. Maybe Igor Sharangovich can give you the 19 of Backlund. You're still short 20 goals. Where are you going to find those other 20-ish goals you're going to need to move up? Because frankly, where the Flames were this year, their offense was not enough. And sure, you can say defense, positive regression, goaltending, positive regression. They can't possibly be as bad as they were last. They can't possibly be as bad at defense and goaltending as they were this year, next year, just by simple regression. But you assume 
Markstrom can get to 905. You assume Dustin Wolf can be at least a 905 goalie. And then suddenly you don't need to score as much. Fine. I'll give you that. You're still going to need to find at least another 20 goals or so because goaltending is creeping up slowly but surely year over year. The average number of goals in the NHL a team scores is creeping up a handful, five, ten, something along those lines. And this will be the last point I bring up and I'll pull up this chart here. This is what I like to think about in regards to the Flames. We always talk about, are they actually a Stanley Cup contender or are they a playoff team that thinks they're a Stanley Cup contender? You look at this uh, table here that I put together. These are the last six Stanley Cup champions, Vegas, Colorado, Tampa, Toys, St. Louis, Washington, and the ranking they finished in goals for. Vegas this year, 14th. They were 11th in goals against, so pretty solid both ways. And they went on a crazy heater in the playoffs. They scored a ton at five on five. That helps a lot. Colorado, fourth. Tampa Bay, eighth. Tampa Bay, first. St. Louis, major outlier. 15th in goals for. They were also fifth, I want to say, in goals against. I wrote it down. Sixth. St. Louis was sixth in goals against the year they won the Stanley Cup, even, even though they finished 15th in goals for. That's an outlier formula. And then Washington finishing ninth in goals for, and Washington was, I want to say, 12th in goals against that season. That's really the, the bar for me. That's the comparison. That's what I like to think about. What are the good teams doing? Can you find a way to get to what the good teams are doing? Realistically, if you want to give yourself a good chance to win the Stanley Cup, you need to score at least the 10th most goals in the entire NHL. There, of course, there are outliers like St. Louis, like Vegas, where if you have really good defense, you can get away with having less than stellar offense. But the counterpoint to that is you can have trickle-down offense. And what I mean by that is I'm not talking about like Reaganomics trickle-down. I'm talking by scoring more on offense, you are playing less defense. By just playing less defense, you are going to concede fewer goals. That is the recipe in my mind for success in today's NHL. You want to be as offensively oriented a team as possible because that's going to give you the best chance to win. You are going to get so many more opportunities as a team if you can score three and a half, four, five goals a game relatively easily. It's a lot harder. You think about all of the one goal games the Flames lost this year on bad goaltending and defensive breakdowns and overtime losses and bad luck. All it takes is another handful of goals, not even that many. We're talking about eight more goals, nine more goals over an 82-game season, and the Flames are a playoff team. The margin for error is not that big in the NHL. you got to find a way to create more offense, and for the Flames, it's going to be a real challenge, especially if Lindholm and Backlund don't come back. There's a world in which the math becomes doable. Like I said, if Sharon Govich can give you 20 and you can get 30-ish out of Peltier and Coronado combined, and that's not a given. Coronado and Peltier giving you 30 total goals between the two of them. If you get 50 out of Sharon Govich, Coronado, and Peltier, that's a success. You still need to find another 20 goals or so rest of the team. That's where you hope Jonathan Huberto can maybe give you another 5 to 10 because he only had a hit. He only had a 14 goals last year. That's not a lot for a guy who had 120 points the previous season. You hope maybe you can get Huberto to 20 goals, 80 points. And then suddenly, okay, this math seems a lot more doable. But the in-house guys, maybe you get Mangiapane to get closer to that 30-goal mark he hit two years ago. All of a sudden, you hear me talking it up. The math doesn't sound as insane the more I talk about it because there's an opportunity. That's the beautiful thing about the unknown. 
you can project your hopes and dreams onto things because you don't know how this group is going to click together. You don't know what the influence of a new coach like a new coach is going to be. You do not know what this team is going to end up looking like. So for now, we have optimism. We have, oh, well, they could be this. They could be that. That sounds great and all. Once the games actually start, then we can start to unpack how realistic some of these ideas are and aren't. And that will just about wrap it up for today's episode of Locked on Flames. I want to make sure everybody subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We are available on all the major podcast platforms. We are on YouTube as well, where you get the added value of the very helpful visuals to illustrate points and ideas that words can explain, but visuals are a little bit easier. A bar graph is easier than keeping track of six numbers, I say out loud as I'm talking. So... With that said, I want to make sure everybody has themselves a good Thursday. Make sure you are subscribed because this is Locked on Flames and we got your team covered every single day.